Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Oh, it is the first day of fall. It is a Steelers game day. Merely Bo, the Grizzly, and the Huff in studio. Yes. Official, what a week for you. Mm. Officially a legend. Mm. Yesterday, or what was that? On Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, yeah, Sunday. He's officially a legend. And then, I don't know what just happened. Whatever you touched there, I can't hear anything. No, so you're then bad. I was like, I don't know if I'm on anymore. Oh, there we go. Now I'm on. Okay. Uh, and then yeah, yesterday, very finicky. you're an official nominee. Yeah, that was cool. And it was unexpected. It wasn't one of those things that was on my radar. And all of a sudden, wait, wait, wait. when it happened, I mean, you I understand you were be the Hall of Fame voting is happening this year. I didn't know that that's when like the, the first the round yeah, of right. voting would come okay. out. And so I started getting hit up, and I was like, what? What is happening? And I had to look <laughs> it up. I was like, hey, pretty cool. Good weekend. Outside of a minute and 55 seconds, I had a pretty fun like three, four-day stretch. In my non-scientific analysis of scouring various websites, I have noticed <laughs> that you are you are in the ones that I looked out outpacing Revis as like the photo oh? that went with yeah. the oh. announcement. Five to three. So, and at frankly, it's been eight that's zero. deep analytics but, right there. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. You're still you, trending. You're what you do well. there is you put the sure thing as the image. That's right. And like so that. that's why that is important. I do think they're probably both sure things. Well, one, one lock is, well, stock. Look at Let me ask you this: Do you ever? Um, I've, 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 I've never asked you this, so I'm curious. Ooh, ooh, I like. I'm excited. Uncharted territory. Do you ever? Um, it, are there moments such as these? And you've had a lot of them in your life. The the career, the snaps, the Hall of Fame in college, the legends, the rock stuff, like all of that. Oh, God. Do you ever allow yourself to put yourself back into like 12-year-old use shoes mm-hmm. and try to wrap your head around this? Yeah, so when I do that, because I feel like I do a pretty good job of appreciating how like lucky and cool this stuff is. Yeah. And understanding that there was a lot of like dominoes of good fortune that had to happen for me to be able to have like what – I'm enjoying this year. Like, this has been a really fun year. This has been a lot of fun in retirement. And I look back a lot on an image because I think a lot of times, sometimes memories from large decades in our youth are represented by maybe an image. It's yep. almost like looking at a photograph of your memories because you don't remember things in detail like videos. You remember them like photographs. And it was my house in Brookfield, Wisconsin. And I had this tiny little twin bed that barely fit 12-year-old me. And I had a poster on my wall of Reggie White and I had a poster of Brett Favre. And I was such a fan of the Packers. They, they were right on the cusp of winning their Super Bowl in 96. I was just a huge sports fan. I feel mm-hmm. like middle school years is kind of like peak yep. sports fandom. I love the Bucks, the Brewers, the Packers. And I had that poster on my wall. And I was such a fan, and I'll, I'll never remember my parents being like, oh, it's great that you love football, but do you understand that it's like beyond one in a million to ever be able to play for a living in the NFL? So don't even think about that. Just enjoy being a fan. And I really took that to heart, but now I get a chance to kind of reflect back on that moment of like 12-year-old me having the realization that nobody's lucky enough to play in the <laughs> NFL. And Somehow, that was me. I actually got to do that, and now I get to come back and talk about the NFL and still call it a job. 
kind of just gloss over the fact that I got to play in the NFL. It was one of the best ever to do it. Well, I was going to well, let you that, fill that, in the that, Well, the other way. part of that story yeah. is, is yeah. the two people on your wall were first ballot Hall of Famers. That's right. And That's your right. name is on that ballot wow. for the first time this year. One feels so like a little bit of crazy. One of them a little cleaner path in his, in his traversals around the globe. <laughs> certainly, the other. certainly post, <laughs> certainly perhaps post, during. Yes, yes. Yeah. So yeah. you have this week, right? You go to the Legends, guitar smash, mm. all that. It's that awesome. Cool. I noticed from your Instagram yesterday, some of your beef is now being, was that your beef that's being featured? It is. That was really cool. So last yeah. night was the first night that we had farm from my beef that was being sold in the top restaurant in Madison. Big dinosaur beef rib. I mean, the beautiful. rib was like, it's a beautiful thing. It was like 20, 22 gram. inches long. You follow him on social? Yes. So, I follow so, him on social. So well, my, you don't follow me? No. Me and the wife and, and my oldest, Logan, uh, made a special pilgrimage, even though we, I was leaving at 4 a.m. this morning to get out here for this huge game. Uh, because we had to have it, right? We yeah. had to be there for the uh, inaugural night that it was on the menu. Was that and, Jack? Oh my! Uh, that was not Jack. So the Good. first two steers, <laughs> the first two steers that we raised, uh, just had numbers. Uh, but Jack is on deck. He's number three. <laughs> and I was talking with the chef and the owner of Pig in a Fur Coat, where they uh, are now oh my God. proudly serving Six Springs Farm uh, beef, which is prime graded, by the way, because we take care. No big Just deal. like we did with my body on the field, we take care of our beef right. off the field in the same manner with <laughs> the highest of uh, standards. And so he said, hey, we'll take more of this. He's like, this stuff is awesome. He's like, I cooked some for my uh, staff this week. And every cut that we've had has been fantastic. The marbling, the you can tell that you've taken care of these animals. They're low stress because it's not a tough meat. He's like, it, it is the best. So the more the merrier. And I told him, I texted him today, I go, hey, Jack's ready. Just so you know, he goes, let's Jack's go. Jack's ready. <laughs> and I, I, He's I, ready so, to meet his maker. I don't think my Jack is ready to know that, oh my God, our, Jack, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> that our Jack is about his to be namesake? on the menu. Yeah, yeah His namesake yeah, no. is gone. All right, so Six Springs Farm is the name of that's the. Right. Yeah, how do we come the, up with that? So that's great. Are there Six Springs? There are actually. So the farm that I bought, uh, 2012, um, it was the Stanichka I think family. It be they, beef. they'd owned it for 150 years since they homesteaded when they wow, came over from awesome. the Czech Republic. Wow. I was lucky enough, fortunate enough, to be in the right place at the right time. But when I bought it over, I wasn't going to name it like the Stanichka Farm. I wanted to, you know, personalize it a little bit. And it had six beautiful, crystal clear, cold water streams, springs coming through the farm. And I thought, hey, That's that sounds name. good. That, yeah. that, uh, and, it, and it stuck. A pig in a fur coat is a hell Great of a name. name. For a James very, Beard Award nominee. Yeah. Twice he was a finalist yeah. this year for best chef in the Midwest, like one of three or four guys. All right. Um, he's fantastic. He's like, he's cooked at all like the big places in Chicago. We go to Madison, New this York. Is where we go. This is where we go. Like, yeah. He's if you could get Michelin stars in small town, they would have a Michelin star because it's it's legit. The the place is awesome. Every time I go to like overseas with the kids, because he's cooked all throughout northern Italy yep. and France and stuff, he gives me like a list. If you got to go to this deli and you got to go to this butcher shop and you got to get these things, so. Uh, that's really cool. good resource to have for look sure. at that this thing looks un so this looks yeah, it's unreal preparation i, I, mean, I, I just i was salivating last that's night outrageous how gorgeous that thing looks and i gotta think he's gotta have, i mean there's got there's all sorts of opportunity for cool merch with a pig and a fur coat oh my yes. god like he's got some hat, cool logos yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah absolutely yeah, yeah that's hat. very very no. nice a hoodie from there um so in yeah. light of all of this in light of legends hall of fame nominee six six springs beef going on the menu beef. we have like, the beef does it at least bring you a little bit back to earth that you like all the rest of us can just be blown off <laughs> probably better keep you grounded better, i i texted better left i texted miles 
Perion Winfrey would like to have some words with you about being a professional. <laughs> you said that? I think about that. <laughs> As a joke, because we have that type of relationship, oh, knowing good. that he's got bigger things that's to do yes, today than uh, right. speak yes, with sir. a sure, humble sure. radio co-host. <laughs> sure, sure. Jeez. <laughs> we, I think you. we can leave now. That's it. I think that's, that's it. That's, that's that's it. The the next next see you guys tonight. See you tomorrow. We'll be, see you tomorrow. No that's no it. Uh, it is officially a game day, as you mentioned. Miles Garrett will be playing in this game tonight at 8:15 between the Browns it. and Steelers. Gibby missed you it. Missed it. Oh, that's a shame. Oh, it's so good. Sad. He'll, he'll go back and yeah, he'll, he'll go back and, and look. It'll somebody be put that in slow mo. That was hilarious. <laughs> so somebody took a minute of our show yesterday and put it in like super slow mo. To like Titanic music. Like wasted. Oh, no, like, like, oh, like, like they confused. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Uh, I mean, it was what Gibby's was, laugh was, was awesome. I gotta find that Twitter. And what did you say? What was my favorite line that you said? Like something like. What are we doing, boys? Something like that. This is so good. It really is. It was was a win for everybody. Uh, Nothing will be in slow motion tonight. It'll be Mm, in uh, live action, kids. Yes. Um, It will be on uh, Amazon Prime, but here locally as well. So you can get it locally here as well on broadcast. It is the Steelers in town. Gentlemen, I think it's a crossroad game for both teams. Um, I think it's a crossroads game for us in that it's a must win. I don't know that it's a must win for them. In fact, my hunch would be, if you were to poll their fans, and I, I ran this up the flag poll this morning, okay. that Steeler fans, if if this, now once again in the moment they're going to want to win more than anything, but if if the penalty if the cost was a loss tonight to the Browns to move on to Kenny Pickett, they might take that. We could maybe barter that with them. Sure. Yeah. Now, sure. <laughs> I, I, my guess is the players aren't going to be in on that. No, they would not. But from a Steeler fan perspective, it feels like they're attitude towards this year is can we just get to Kenny Pickett like let's let's enough enough of this with with Mitch Trubisky so for us however you can't it's impossible to be hyperbolic about this matchup Joe because it's you have to have it got to it's all about expectations right we know where the Browns should be at this point they should be at 2-0 they should be looking at a stretch here coming up that you got to get a few wins here because your your season gets a lot more difficult in the middle of the year but also with as good as Jacoby Brissett and this offense played last week, all of a sudden, like our outside of the last two minutes, when I, when I was watching that game, my expectations were recalibrated in my brain for what should happen the first eleven games of the season before Deshaun Watson comes back. To me, that's why this one is so important. Yeah, because all of a sudden you have tasted like, wow, with Jacoby at quarterback, we can be better than we thought. It's not just hang on to your butt until Deshaun comes back. Hopefully you're at 500. Like this is a team that's built with enough talent. And what I saw from an offensive standpoint, a play call and scheme on offense that can get the best out of Jacoby in this offense and can score points against anybody. Like we could have first place in the division 11 games into the season. And that's why this one is so important to be able to feel like we're back kind of where we should be after just Totally giving one away last week. Look, the goal all along was three and one in the first four. Yeah, I, I still think. and that's still on the table for mm-hmm. you've got to get tonight, and it's a division game. And so, if you were going to lose one, you know, the Jets of the three, you probably would have rather lost to an NFC team. But nonetheless, it's certainly better than the one loss being the Steelers. Three and one with the loss to Steelers is different than three and one with a win over the Steelers. And your point about Jacoby was so well founded: twenty-two of twenty-seven, two hundred and twenty-nine yards. It was Madden-esque in the sense, if you remember, you had. 
two balls that were caught but were out of bounds. So that's right. 24 out of 27. Then you had an interception, so that's 25 out of 27 that hit the ground. You had 26 out of 27 would have been Chiefs drop that hit him in the yep. chest. Mm. So there was really only one pass that, like, just wasn't caught. That was just a, an, an, a true incompletion. I was blown away. In the whole game. Yeah, I was blown away at his in a, his unwillingness to put a ball in harm's way. Mm. I mean, everything was – it was like our guy gets it or nobody. I mean, it was other than the pick at the end, but you're pressing at that point. But everything else – I mean, his location his on the intermediate placement. stuff is perfect. Yeah, it's like been there's, excellent. There's never a time when you when you look when the ball is released and you go, that, right. that no. hasn't happened. You and we I, got a lot of that the last four years. It was yeah. great. And, and maybe Z, you noticed this being that you were in person for both games, but I only saw week two against the Jets in person. But to me, it looked like when Jacoby was in the pocket, he was much more calm. Absolutely, his feet were much quieter. And yeah. that's one of the things you hear these quarterback gurus and these guys talking a lot about with footwork is like having calm feet in the pocket, no wasted movement, not getting jittery. And when you're making a decision, you make it with your feet and you're very decisive. And then the ball is accurate and it's on time and on the money. And that's what I saw from Jacoby every time he dropped back. Yeah. He was decisive. He knew exactly where his eyes needed to go to control safeties, to get his foot feet in the right place to be able to deliver the ball. And it gets you so excited when you see your quarterback that's playing like that to go with a rushing attack that's number one in the NFL. Not number one, we think, but number one in our, in hearts. our hearts. That's right, baby. <laughs> See, I'm glad you were there to stat check me. The Eagles are cheating. They got but according Jay to they my, my sheet, they're number one in rushing, and the NFL Network is never wrong. <laughs> maybe that was before, was that before the Monday Nighter? I don't know. Here's no, the, maybe maybe that's what maybe that's what happened that they uh, sent ambitious. it out too too soon. Here's the other. This is a, this circles back into the overarching point of how important this is. We're favored by four and a half yep. tonight. Yep. We'll be favored next week at Atlanta, yep. I would think. Yep. We will not be Los Angeles. If we're three and one, and we like actually, play we're not going to be char games, not over the Chargers. It could be a close spread. They're going to be at home. Yeah, it's... getting a few points there usually. Come on, Justin Herbert's ribs. Okay, if and if and if, but likely not. <laughs> New Fair. England will favored. be will be slight favored at Baltimore. No, Cincinnati here. No, at uh, Miami, at Buffalo, Tampa uh, Bay. You got to yeah. get him. No, you got to get him. I'm with you. You got to get him. Yeah. I mean, it's, no, it's, it's a big one. tough, tough sledding. Chargers, it harder, no doubt. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on New England. I don't think they're any good. But no. Chargers, Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, Buffalo, Bucks. No, that's, no, that's, brutal. that's brutal. 100%. So that's brutal. you got to get it. You've got to get it. Take care of your business. And, and you know that you didn't last week. And so I think it makes it even more important to do so. I just want to go back to what you were saying with Jacoby. That first week. I think that he was really emotional. I think we saw that in the post game. I think he was really amped up. And I think that, that he was just a little off. And when you're just a little off, that can that's a big difference in the NFL. And in this one, he was so calm. And then you talked about that ground game, which is a very valid point. By the way, he rushed for more than 180 yards in three straight games dating back to last year. Uh, he was 8 for 8 for 88 yards and a quarterback rating of 113 on play action in week mm -hmm. two after having just one completion for one yard off of play action week one. To me, that was one of the biggest changes in his game, and that just got, kept everything in rhythm. The offense just was in rhythm. And then here's something that you don't see every day. Under pressure last week, 7 of 8 for 102 yards. That's 12.8 in attempt, 119 rating. Mm. Most quarterbacks dip below 50% immediately under pressure. He was 7 of 8. So that's probably what, you know, the highest range of what you can expect from Jacoby Brissett. That was one of his, that'll be one of the best games he's ever played. But 
keeping taking care of the football, keeping it out of harm's way, that's yeah. a staple of what he can do. And if we can find a meet, you know, between here and Carolina, there's a lot of room that's positive and to your point that we absolutely can win because here's the thing, this offense is a great offense. Kevin Stefanski is a great play caller and schemer, and if we just hit the plays last year, we would have been really really good and Jacoby takes what's there. What a great tee up by Z because I was just going to say this is not a stat that I've seen, but I saw it with my eyes is the game plan that we had last week against the Jets, we talked about it a little bit on Monday, yeah. was a lot of traps, which is not something you see in the NFL a lot. Right, but we were trying to take advantage of the Jets' defensive line, which likes to get upfield and penetrate. So we basically took what we do well rushing, and we did something that we've not really put on tape very much at all. But the dynamic ability and the flexibility of this offensive line and the rushing attack to be able to continually rush for over 150, 180 yards in this case in back-to-back -back weeks with completely different schemes that match what your defense doesn't do well, it reminds me a little bit of the Bengals' defense from last year. If you think about the Bengals' defense was kind of like the unheralded story of their yeah. run to the Super Bowl because they didn't have a lot of stars and they didn't have like one thing that you said, wow, they're really good at doing X, Y, and Z. But what they were good at was being flexible to try to take advantage of the weakness of the offense that they yeah. were playing against. Yep. Which to me, when I'm looking at this offense on tape until Deshaun comes back, is like, all right, Jacoby's not the player that Deshaun Watson was. He played really, really well last week. But what can we hang our hat on and what can we say that this is what can keep us in every game and allow us to score against the best defenses in the NFL? It's being flexible with our rushing attack and being able to utilize and attack the weaknesses of the defense. So when you're going against Buffalo in the middle of the schedule, when you're going against Tampa, when you're going against Miami – and you're looking at them on film, you're going to be able to exploit their weakness because this rushing attack, for as much as we want to call them an outside zone scheme, we aren't really seeing a lot of outside zones. We're seeing much more of the pin pull, pin pull. the power, yep. the inside zone, and the trap stuff because that's what the defenses we're going against yeah. don't handle very well. And our ability to just change who we are from week to week on offense and execute it flawlessly could be our arbitrage and our advantage going into every one of these weeks, especially these games that we're saying, you know, we might not be favored in or we're probably not going to be favored, you know, especially when you get to that schedule where it's Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Miami, like those teams that are really on a roll right now. And by the way, to your point, you're talking about that pin pull getting outside, running that power outside of the tackles. Last week without T.J. Watt, the Steelers gave up 5.8 yards per carry mm. on runs outside of the tackles. Wow. And you think about because one of the reasons it happens is all of a sudden you got Highsmith on one side, 242. The other side, Malik Reed's 235. T.J. Watt set an edge. You know, yes. I mean, he flies off yep. the ball and sets an edge. And they used to have him on one side and Bud Dupree on the other, yeah. who also was a physical guy. Physical. On, I, I on like him more than most people. So they're giving up. You can run to those edges. Those pin pulls will work. The outside zone will work. And Nick Chubb, wouldn't you know, best in the NFL on runs outside the tackles since 2018. He's got 3,791 yards, 5.8 yards a carry, and 28 touchdowns outside the tackles since 2018. So, in other words, he's pretty good. I hope the Steelers aren't listening. But what I think we're going to see from the Browns offense tonight is you're going to see a lot more outside zone than we have seen in the past. I think you're going to see a lot more two tight end sets. We're going to try to get them in their base defense, yep. and we're going to attack those edges, to your point. Those are little guys on the edge, and if you can double-team them, push them off the ball, not allow them to set an edge, which is what 
um, happened to the Steelers last week with New England, if you watch that film, they went at Alex Highsmith. Because right at him. He had three sacks in the first game, and so they didn't want to get in a situation where we're running away from him, letting him chase down from behind, just like the Aaron Donald idea. Run at him, don't run away from him because he's so good at chasing from behind, and wear him out in the running game so he's not there to rush the passer on third down. So I expect a healthy dose of outside zone where you're double teaming those little guys on the edge, you're collapsing the edge, and then you're allowing the, the running backs to get around the tight ends. And then as you're starting to just wear out that outside zone, that's when you start doing some of the stuff to the inside, the cutbacks, and then we might see in a little bit of the pin pull and a little bit of those trap schemes. So it'll be interesting to see like how flexible this offensive line and the scheme can be with Kevin Stefanski going against a much different opponent this week. And I think your point about trying to keep them in base is very good because Devin Bush is not the player he was before he tore his ACL, and he, you can get him, and if you can get him in coverage situations, he has been. That's the other thing that's good, and that's the advantage of having two tight ends that are as athletic as ours. Is right, you get them in base, and you all of a sudden have a tight end that can't run trying to cover Harrison Bryant or the Chief, which is a bad matchup. I don't care who you put on him. You like all of those matchups. We have many more to get into. We've got over-unders for you coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Bernie Kozar in hour number two. Your game forecast, you have that to look forward to. Uh, Have some props we're going to have some fun with. It's the Steelers on Thursday night. It's here. We're off and running. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. The Bath Authority gives you the bathroom of your dreams. You can transform it into a custom bath for a spa-like experience in about a day with the Bath Authority. They can make it a reality for you. At a fraction of the cost of the competitors, the Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler. Experts in factory trained installers. Give them a call now. You get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. That number is 216-220-8399 or go to the Bath Authority. It's where affordability meets quality. Largest selection of bath projects all made in the United States. Change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. Acrylic tubs that insulate and keep the heat in. Tub to shower conversions if you need them, they got them. Superior products with expert installers at thebathauthority.com. We set lat. This game is on Amazon Prime tonight. It'll be their second foray into it. If uh, Here locally, it'll also be on News 5, so you can get it there as well. I set the over-under last week on Chargers Chiefs at 10.5 million. It's what I thought mm. would be a good number yep. based on streaming and not knowing how who could access it and where it would come from. They went way over that. Um, I saw stuff this morning of 15. I, this is 13. This is the Nielsen official. Amazon is claiming 15 across they would all know. the platforms. How would Nielsen they would know. <laughs> they would know more than Nielsen. They would have the exact Nielsen, it's over. Their time is gone. Yeah. Well, they jumped in after. So Amazon put their numbers out first at over 15. And then Nielsen came in like an hour later and said 13 Hmm. um, was their number on it. The other thing that's really important about this, though, is the breakout ratings of this. So it was up 6% in 34 to 48 compared to normal NFL games. Hmm. It was the highest rated uh, game for 18 to 34-year-olds. In the NFL, it was up exponentially year to year. Um, And overall, it beat the the biggest thing on network was some show on CBS did three and a half million. (laughs) Yeah. So smashed what this does. These numbers, what these numbers do, and we've already all locked in for our, you know, with our television packages right now in the NFL. 
But what it allows for is an immediate understanding that far more people are ready for this than I think a lot of sports leagues thought. Yep. And college football is dealing with this right now. Um, and to this point, nobody's gotten into the full streaming. The Big Ten's going to do some stuff with Peacock. This is this is real. That those numbers are enormous for what was expected in the industry. It is enormous, and and to put it in context, and I know that you obviously have a very good ratings guy, so you might know this better. But I thought I saw that the Monday night two games totaled twenty one million. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was it was something like that. Um, so I mean, you're talking about just right now massive numbers for the National Football geez. League. Because it is king, and it's one thing that you got to watch live. Mm -hmm. Like, it just is one of those things that you have got to watch live. And I think it's it's obvious that this has been an incredible um, – this is a great experiment for them, though. To get $13 million the first night on Amazon Prime, that's a, that's I think that's wild. That's mind-boggling. Here are some of those breakouts. I have them exactly here now. I found them. Um, seven years younger than the linear NFL audience on average. So 53 is the average NFL audience mm -hmm. age. 46 was the average age uh, on Amazon. It delivered a 4.25 rating in adults, 18 to 34. That's 18% higher than the average 18 to 34 rating for an NFL telecast this season. 18%. Mm. Wow. The young people, if it's on the pads, they find it. They're, they're yep. watching on phones yep. and pads, and that's how it goes. Um, Thursday Night Football on Prime also recorded higher than last year's full season TriCast. So it rated better than last year on Fox and NFL and whoever was on that it's, it did better than that it's up 29 percent on that Jeez. in 18 to 34 and up nine percent 18 to 49 most watched program as i mentioned young sheldon was the cbs show that did three and a half million um this one i <laughs> also thought was interesting according to the local market ratings six hundred and two thousand people saw it in los angeles that's a big big city six hundred and two thousand five fifty five in kansas city so basically every television in kansas city was on was on wow. the was on it yeah they I like it. that. So like that. there you go. Mm. It's going to be like that tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In so, this area, for sure. Yeah. I mean, these are two very, very tradition-rich programs that uh, will deliver, I think, in a very, very big way. Uh, big win for, for the league and for Amazon and for streaming in general. For tonight's game, Gibby wants to know, what matchup must the Browns win to come out on top tonight? We'll start with the Hoff. I think it's going to be Mitchell Trubisky versus – the Browns secondary, the much maligned secondary after what happened last week at the end of the game. You cannot allow a Mitchell Trubisky who's struggling coming into this game, who's not pushing the football down the field. You cannot allow him to gain any confidence early on by completing some passes and then letting him stick around where he can get lucky towards the end of the game. I think you got to put your foot on his neck early on. You got to hit him. You got to keep him in the pocket. Don't allow him to get outside because that's where he always operates at his best. And I think they're going to do that with a little bit more man coverage. They're going to try to get up on the line of scrimmage, get in these receivers' faces, force Mitchell Trubisky to hold on to the football a little bit longer and see what he can do trying to challenge these, these cornerbacks down the field. And then I'll go to the other side of the ball. And I think the matchup for me that I'm going to be watching is Alex Wright, Isaac Rochelle, and Isaiah Thomas filling in for Jadevian Clowney against Dan Moore, who was brutal last year, but so far he's been he's been okay. The left tackle, fourth-round pick in 2021, and then Okorafor, who was their third-round pick in 2018, has been a three-year starter. They're not very good, 
And so we need somebody to step up opposite Miles Garrett. And, you know, I was actually looking last year. Miles only had one sack in the three games without Jadevian Clowney last year, mm. which I thought was interesting. The Browns were 0-3 without Clowney mm. in 2021. So, and he was, we all do know, he sits one sack away from the franchise record. So let me ask you this, Huff. So Mitchell Trubisky is the kind of guy that, like most quarterbacks, struggles uh, when under pressure. He's averaging right now, you know, just 4.8 yards per attempt. They are as a team, which is last in the NFL. Dreadful. When he has been blitzed this year, 33% completions, 3.9 yards per attempt. You know they're getting the ball out quickly. How do you try to make up for the lack of Clowney? And then also, they've got good receivers, but if the ball's coming out so quickly, you can play tighter coverage. How would you schematically take us inside of, you know, the mind of Joe Woods how do you get after Trubisky? How do you maybe have to compensate for the fact that your other defensive end is not going to do what Clowney has done for you in the first two games? You got to do it in two ways. One, you got to confuse him a little bit to make him try to hold on to the football and make his picture cloudy. Because okay. if he's not sure where the ball needs to go, and if he's not sure that his quick throw option is available, he's going to hold on to it an extra click, right? So that's one way you got to slow him down, keep the football in his hand a little bit longer. The other way is you're going to be playing more of those man coverages, those tighter coverage to the line of scrimmage. Mitch is not a guy that takes a lot of chances. He doesn't want to throw the football down the field. Obviously, if it's there, if there's a bust or something, he's going to take that shot. But for the most part, he just wants to get rid of the ball safely, quickly, and efficiently. And so playing those tight coverages, confusing him with different looks, having guys walk up, give him those simulated pressures, giving him the idea that you're going to blitz and then drop into coverage where a lot of those shallow zones are covered by spot droppers, by zone droppers. You can even throw in some zone blitzes, which Dick LeBeau and the Steelers invented, you know, how many decades ago where <clears throat> all of a sudden it looks, it feels like he's overload blitzing, but he's dropping guys into spots that you usually used to trying to get rid of quick hot throws. So a combination of all those things will hopefully let Mitchell Trubisky or force him to hold on to the football and give uh, Miles Garrett a little bit longer time to try to get to the quarterback to be able to affect the game by sacking the quarterback. It's interesting. This Steelers offense is really an elixir for everything that ails because they don't, they haven't shown an ability yep. to have big plays. They are, they are very pessimistic in their approach in terms of everything is short. It's quick. It's, it's really not a good offense guys. It's just not, it's the, it's just that simple. They're averaging 83 yards on the ground as a team. They're throwing for 180. I mean, it took five turnovers by Joe Burrow and two missed operations on field goals for them to win in Cincinnati. And even still, it was down to the final play. So, And that was with Watt for most of that game. And they're not the same team without him. Oh, my God. They went from week one with Watt. Hop, you're going to love these stats. Week one with, with uh, T.J. Watt, seven sacks and 22 pressures without him. Zero sacks and two <laughs> pressures in the game on Mac Jones. In the game. And, yeah. and I was talking with uh, somebody who did that, uh, has been covering the Steelers the first couple of weeks, and he said, Alex Heisman just found out how hard it is to be Batman. <laughs> Great <laughs> Robin, right. but being Batman's mm -hmm. tough. And, and I think to your point, when I watched that, and, and that was noted on the broadcast, that they are running right at Alex Heisman. Yep. yep, running right at him. Gibby wants to know, who is your X-Factor player or coach tonight? I'll start with you, Dr. Z. I'm going to give just a, an, an off-the-wall one because it's it's a, a transaction that happened today. Chester Rogers was elevated from the practice squad, and then I just saw this tweet from okay. our good friend PFT Commenter, and this is a quote. Last night I dreamt that the Browns returned a punt for a touchdown. 
No idea why I dreamt about the Browns. Probably not mentally healthy. But I'm just let everyone know, <laughs> letting everyone know because Jeff Lowe just told me they made a change to their punt returner. I'm betting big on a Chester Rogers touchdown today. And so Chester Rogers has been activated uh, to the active roster this week. Um, last year averaged 10 yards a punt return with Tennessee, 30 punt returns, 293 yards for his career. He's got 90 punt returns, 844 yards, and a long of 55. So Chester Rogers, a little X factor. Interesting transaction, my friend there. A very interesting one, yep. and that'll be. I'm curious to see how that affects the actives, inactives at receiver. Does this give a guy like Mike Woods an opportunity to be active this week? Because if Demetri Felton's not returning kicks, has he done enough to warrant being active as a receiver? And so far through two weeks, he has one catch for three yards on one target and one rush for negative four yards. Hoff, who you got? X Factor player or coach? For me, it's the Browns linebackers, right? Anthony Walker Jr., Taki Taki, JOK, who, by the way, if you guys have looked at their PFF grades through Love two them. weeks. Number one, like, number three, and number five. Thank you. That's three right. of our linebackers are top five in the NFL That's right. in being graded after the first two weeks of the season. We've talked all preseason about how great the secondary is supposed to be. They've let us down. The linebackers have not let us down. They have exceeded the expectations. And the reason I have them – as my players to watch and one of the keys is because Najee Harris is an explosive running back for the Steelers right now this is on the season two games not one game 25 carries 72 rush yards zero touchdowns yeah when you're thinking about hierarchy of how do we win against this team right your keys obviously the first thing we talked about was taking away the quick passes for Mitchell Trubisky right because that's his comfort zone take that away he's not going to know what to do you cannot allow them to get the rushing game started because that's the key for them to be able to stay in this game and hang with us is if they can get Najee Harris going. That's going to fall on our linebackers being able to fly sideline to sideline because I feel like in this game they, the, Brown, the, the Browns and the Steelers understand what the game plan is going to be for the Steelers' offense. It's going to be trying to get Najee Harris over 100 yards. Get him the touches, play small ball, don't allow the Browns' offense to touch the football as much as you would in a normal game. Limit the number of possessions and try to win a low-scoring game on a short week, which sometimes happens on those short weeks because you don't have as many days to game sure. plan. Your guys are a little bit tired, you know, a little bit more worn out from the week before. So they're thinking lean on Najee Harris. The Browns cannot allow that, and that goes to the Browns' linebackers to be able to limit him. Yeah, it was What's on your hoodie? What's that say? Cleveland Browns defensive backs. Love That's it. it, man. Step up. I – and and not even just I, I hope they play aggressive. Like we've I talked so much about the building of this of this secondary and then I'm mean, put the line but put the back seven in there. The two guys you mentioned, JOK and Anthony Walker Jr. Uh, we've talked so much about similar body types and ability to flop in and out and, and to disguise and confuse. Against a team like this, where the deep threat it's just really not there much. Boy, wouldn't it be something to jump a couple of routes? Wouldn't it be something to confuse and blitz with safeties and linebackers and Trubisky doesn't know who's doing what? Wouldn't it be nice to take one to the barn the other way? Yeah. I mean, that's it, That's we're due. That group is too damn talented mm. to be where we're at right now. And this is a get healthy game. Oh, it should they, be. They've done their job. Do their job. Do your job. 2-0, no doubt. And to your point about Najee, last year the Steelers, we know, beat us twice. Najee week in the first one, 26 carries, 91 yards, three catches for 29, so 120 total yards on 29 touches. Second time around that Monday night debacle, 28 rushes, 188 yards, and a touchdown. That was his best game of the year last year. So I I'm with you. we got to get after him. They his have first a game against us, though, I mean, th that's an incredible usage rate. 
that was an incredible game out of him. Oh, yeah. Because it is every time he gets it, it's tough sledding. There's not yeah. an easy man. So he gets, it's people at his feet all the time. He led the NFL in touches last year and averaged only 4.3 yards a touch, which is the worst among the 20 players with the most touches in the league. So he was getting volume and taking a beating, beating. last year. And it's even worse than the stats, and the stats are bad. Oh, my goodness. It's yeah. worse when you watch it because yeah. so many times last year he'd be standing with his back to the defense and Roethlisberger in desperation right. would hit it out to him. And then, there you go, buddy. Yeah. Cream. Done. All right, we'll hit a little over-under coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Elk and Elk Serious Lawyers, Serious Injuries. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Time for a little over-under. Hello, Gibby. Hi, boys. Were you talking trash at me earlier? No. No, it was a golden no. moment. We needed you. We just needed you to be listening. You missed a great radio. It was, radio it was really on a tee for in, you to in enjoy. fashion, the stream, people couldn't listen. They could only see you. I know. Nana was not pleased. Yeah. We're up. We're good. <laughs> it's just another day. Is that a button w- what situation? What was happening? Or is that an initial that setup situation? That is something on the back end. That is something that I'm, I have no idea. I have to call other people to get them involved because we don't know like <clears throat> where the back end of that is so all, right. all week long so i would in- anticipate like we'll have a problem tomorrow because we've had one for four straight days it's really i think it's great yeah, that we're having be, these problems during the season we've got to be yeah. that's good i think it's really good to be doing them on game days <laughs> and perfect <laughs> and post-game reaction days i think it's awesome. good to have these hiccups like it's best to work out your kinks and it doesn't matter yeah. i find that it's best to work out your kinks in the middle of the war as right. opposed to before the war starts. Yeah. Feels so, like that's what Russia's doing. <laughs> they are. It feels Always like they're good. sorting it out in the middle. Always great. <laughs> Just trying to work it work through it in the middle. That's how we're doing this. Not today. the best planning. All right. Here's where we are on your over unders. Unbelievable effort here. Um, we have a tie at the top. Yep. That's right. Between Gibbe and the Hoff. Oh. Gibbe and the Hoff. Five and five each. I'm honored. It's okay. You can totally kick my you know what today it's fine i can't wait and <laughs> both of you guys sitting at even steven five up five down zagura three and seven out of the gates but this you little rope-a-dope you're like ali set him up Take make him shot otherwise it's not satisfying to just smush year after year <laughs> you got to give him some happiness so that i can reel him back in and then oh boy when you go to the top rope crazy oh, drop the elbow anything what we need Brown is one thing but me no. I need a Browns therapy of your head on Ali's face just taking shots uh, yeah. <laughs> in the rope-a-dope. <laughs> just taking it from giving. Oh, oh, yeah, oh. I need that. All right, gentlemen, here we go. Number one. We've been we've moved over this line. Or under. Good job out of you. We've moved this a little bit, but it's one of my favorite ones. And um, the over has hit the first two weeks. We will start with Gibbe. Chubb and Hunt, total touches. So for historical perspective, week I think one. I've gone two for two, by the way. You have. Week one, we were 35 points. This, this is the difference in the game uh, between you and Z anyway. It is the absolute. Uh, in week one, Chubb and Hunt were 38 total touches. The over-under I set was 35.5. Last week, I set 33.5 as the over-under. They went at 35. Tonight, short week. Still. 
Did you say 34.5? Over. Over. Run the damn ball. Get it. Sakura. <laughs> you doing it again? <laughs> I got to. Really? This is such a high percentage of the plays. Like I know Maybe that this is happened. who we are. I believe it's worked. Has it not worked? Has it not looked good the first two weeks? Are you is not? Is this who we are? It is who we are. But that is a big number. I'm going to take the under. Right. Oh wow, the under. No Zagura. faith. Hoff. It's tons of faith. Over. I expected everybody to take the over on this one. Woo! To be totally honest, with how things are setting up tonight, just it's going to be one of those games where you just run the football. Don't be talked into things that cost you last it week. Cost me last week. I know. All right. Over or under. All right. We like to uh, play around a little bit in the passing game here on over under. And so today we're going to pair together a couple of receiving options on the over under. And we'll start with a Hoff on this one. Amari Cooper and the Chief total receiving yardage greater than over under rather Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. Claypool and Johnson yes. versus Najoku and Coop. I believe they'll be under because, as I mentioned in the first over-under, I think the Browns are going to focus on rushing the football, and right. the Steelers will be behind, so they're going to be throwing the football, and those guys are going to get a lot of targets from the Steelers. Deontay Johnson has David at least Johnson. five catches in 14 straight games. This is true. Second longest streak in the NFL behind only Cooper Cup. Now, Claypool's got 44 yards on the year. Total. Total. Chief slow start, too, though. Chief bit. slow start. Chief uh, on the season, he's got, what, four catches for 39 yards on the year. So it's – I just think there's more upside in the Claypool and Deontay Johnson side of things. So I'm agreeing with the Hoff and taking those two. All right. Give it. Under. Under as well. Give it goes under as well. Next. Over or under. So – we mentioned Najee Harris and his importance to their operation and the slow start. Z mentioned his numbers last year against us. I want to say it was 129 one and 188. That was just rush. Total. First 98 total. rush and then yeah. 188 rush. It's been brutal for them. Yeah. With him. Um, so total yards, Najee Harris, Zagora, the number, total yards is 70.5. I mean, over. Now, keep in mind, he's not even close to this. He's like at 50 or 40. He's got for the year. Well, last week he had 49 rushing, 40 receiving. His his year for the average year he's at 156. He's at 21 yards a game and receiving yeah. and 36 rush. He's at 57. Yeah, but the total. week one was right. way under week two. So I'll take that over. 70 over. total yards. Yeah. Give it. I'll take that as a gift and go over as well. All right. Hoff? Fill it up again. Over. Over. A sweet and it over. won't even come really with the running the football. It's going to be, I mean, he's going to hit a lot of check downs when yeah. nobody's open down yep. the field. That, that doesn't take much. Yeah. Next. Over or under. Sacks, interceptions, and fumbles. Gibby, this one comes to you. Have I gotten one right yet this year? Um, No. In fact, I don't think you've gotten this right in three years. At least two. At least, yeah. Yeah. Um, we went 5.5 the first two weeks. 4.5, Gibbe. 4.5. A combination of sacks and turnovers forced against the Steelers' offense. The defense rebounds nicely tonight. Over. Over, says 
Gibbe. Hoff, 4.5. See, it bothers it bothers Nathaniel that I went over there. I'm going under. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of punts. I'm going to I'm going to say a lot of punts from the Steelers, but Mitchell Trubisky's not a turnover machine. Like if it's not there, he's just gonna just gonna dump it off. So I, I think we may have a few sacks, a few turnovers, but four and a half is too strong for my blood. Too high. So far, they have on the season they've been sacked four times and they have one fumble lost and one interception. So they're averaging three. Yep. I'm taking the under, and this is one, Gibbe, where I would love you to win. I would be tickled pink. <laughs> Next. Over or under. The actual over or under. And in the history, the two-week, short two-week history of over-under, only the Hoff has gotten this one right. I'm terrible. You and Gibbe both have not gotten this one right. Yeah. The number for this week. 38.5. Hoff. I'm going under. I don't think the Steelers are going to manage much offense tonight. Right. And I think the Browns, they're going to get the lead early, and they're going to run the ball, and so it'll be a lower-scoring overall game. So we've been at, at, what, 50? And we've been at 61. It's a low number here, though. And the over-unders, by the way, number. have been – as much as we've overachieved the over-under – the number has gone down each week. Yeah. So it's 41 and a half week one, 39 and a half last week, 38 and a half this week. Yeah. This feels kind of to me like it's going to be that like that Denver game a year ago where it's just kind of 17, not a whole lot happens. The clock's running a lot of the game. It's a fast game, a low scoring game. I'm going to take the under as well. Give it. Under. All right. Thursday mm -hmm. night games. Screwy. No idea. Like, if no we don't field. blow coverages and they have to matriculate the ball down the field, we're going to be in very good shape. We will be. Yeah. All right, good stuff on the over-unders. Hoff's got to bounce. Hoff has to bounce. He's got to go. Bernie Kozar coming up at the top of the hour. Yes. That's official as oh, well. You have that to look forward joy. to. Hey, you got a tonight? score? Joe Thomas at the score? If he wants to. Do you want to do a score? Sure. I like Browns 24, Steelers 10. 24-10 for the Hoff. Love it. All right, there you God, go. God, I would love that. That would be pretty sweet. I'll see you tomorrow. Maybe I'll be sober at this point. <sighs> of course you'll be sober. You're going to go know. on the game. You're going to get drunk in the booth? No, I'm going to start like as soon as the game ends. That's late. We win. 11 p.m. Till 11 a.m. You got 12 hours. We right? got three through. places that don't exactly follow the 2 a.m. close. Of course he has those. He's got those at the ready. Great stuff, Hoff. Thanks for having me. What a treat. Always Enjoy joy. Game night. day. Always so fun being with you guys. And God bless this Six Springs Farm. Oh, in the yes. Let me tell you. Keep it Jack. Jack. Watch out. Your days are numbered. Oh, it's coming God. for you. The Browns <laughs> I spotted. Might, I feel like we might have to go in just to get some of Jack. Oh. When Jack's on the menu. I don't want to. I, long time we had a policy. We don't, I can't name. I don't want to name. Yeah, we made that mistake a couple years ago. Will this be your new ago. policy? No yeah, I think so. Either Going that forward. or we'll just name them the same thing every time. Because we have some yeah. real quick funny story. So the first bull that we had. Uh, my son named him Sprinklehead, which was ironic a little bit. But we had Sprinklehead. Everybody loved the name. Well, Sprinklehead did not do a very good job of breeding the cows in his ah. first year in pasture. So we thought Sprinklehead maybe was more into the same sex than the opposite sex. Ah. So we sent Sprinklehead off to turn him into sausage. We brought in another bull, Sprinklehead 2.0. What? Jack does not know yet that Sprinklehead number one does not exist on this planet anymore. Is Sprinklehead 2.0 getting the job done? He is. He's yeah, been fantastic. 14 of 14 two years ago, 13 Beautiful. of 14 this year. So 
He's doing great. Is there a horn on on the the boys that you're? No, they're all no, pulled. They're they're pulled. All right, very yeah. good. All right, very yeah. good. Z's, Z's brown spotted, pulled or unpulled? Pulled, baby. It's <laughs> the only well, way to well be done. for safety. For safety. Yeah, love it. Much more to come. Second hour here on a Brown Steeler game day edition. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Browns fans, be sure to stop by free Twisted Tea tailgate pregame party prior to every home game. Twisted Tea tailgate located west side of First Energy Stadium combines the atmosphere of beer garden with live music, food, and drink options. The tailgate opens four hours prior to kickoff. It's open to fans with a ticket to the game. Check it out today. And as we head out on the Twisted Tea hotline from one legend and Joe Thomas to another in Bernie Kozar. Buddy, it's been a while since we've spoken to you. How you doing, pal? I'm doing good, Bo. Good to be with you on Browns game day today. What a treat, Bernie. Little juice. Absolute treat. Little juice to it. What your favorite, right at the top of your head, favorite Steelers-Browns moment that you participated in? God, thank you for starting off there. And I don't, don't want to sound cocky, but I think I've been so blessed to have a quick couple of them. The overtime victory <laughs> here in Cleveland Stadium, the 51 nothing. Breaking the breaking the Steelers jinx at the old Three Rivers, so that's three right off the top of my head. Those are that absolutely good. get me the three that get me fired off right off the bat. But just today, somebody sent me somebody sent me a clip of me throwing a, a nice little eight eight ten yard uh, hitch out to Reggie Langhorn. And Reggie Langhorn in the 1987 game went 80 yards with a touchdown. So I, I love, I love when I see kind of that, that yak from run after the catch from my receivers, especially when they made me look good on an 80-yard score. I only had to throw it out there 10 yards. It's a beautiful thing, Bernie. I talked with John Johnson earlier today, and you know he played for the Rams prior to coming here. Went to a Super Bowl with that team, and I said, "Was there anything like this in the NFC West for you?" And he goes, "Absolutely not. There's nothing like this." So let me ask you, who somebody who's been a principal in this rivalry, what is it that makes this rivalry so damn special? You know, the proximity of the of the two teams, the two cities, but we think we're so different. But in reality, and, and I mean this complimentary, you know, we're very hard-nosed, gritty cities, manufacturing still worker towns. We have a lot of history and pride in, in, in being blue-collar and working hard like that. And, and that, I think, kind of epitomizes both cities and epitomizes both teams. When you get those type of cities, teams, and fans and players together, their pride, their toughness, I think, really permeates permeates out, out out of them. And you know, as as I'm sitting here on the lake, looking out, get ready to to get in towards the stadium, and I I see the weather today, and and how it's changed with with the wind and and the breeze out there. This kind of really uh, epitomizes the type of physical type series that it's been. And actually, I believe the physical type game that both teams want to play tonight and been listening to the show um, in the first hour with the great Hoff on there talking about the physical running game and stuff. You guys, I think astutely are pointing out and this type of weather and this type of series um, and this type of day is playing perfectly into that old school 
let's run the ball and be as physical physical as possible. You know, Bernie, that I, I, we love talking to you about anything, but it, obviously we talk about the rivalry that gets you, gets gets us excited to hear your your thoughts on that. But I re- I love talking quarterbacks with you, and um, I said this in the in the first hour of the show. I've talked about it a little bit throughout the course of the week. Uh, I've been really impressed with Jacoby Brissett. I, I mean, I think we all know, you know, the limitations and some of the things in terms of down the field. But Bernie, what I really like is he doesn't miss much by much. Um, it seems like most everything is put in a place where only our guy can get it. There aren't many times where the ball leaves his hand and you go, holy smokes, where's that going? Where was that intended? Um, what have you made of the first two weeks of Jacoby Brissett managing this offense? Well, what a fantastic point. And not trying to just be a, a, a guy who's taking care of the quarterback's um, and, and complimenting the quarterbacks, his accuracy, his ball placement in terms of, um, um, yes, making the catch and, and statistically to be 22 for 27, 229 yards last week, a touchdown, um, one interception. But it's his placement with it, not only in terms of being able to uh, make the catch, but in terms of making it uh, be safe for the guy to get some run after the catch, and, and for them to not have dangerous-type plays. And to your point, the first two weeks, we really didn't have any real plays where you said, man, we, we got a break, that, that that ball should have been intercepted, that play should have been intercepted. Actually, his, his attention to detail and his, his ball security has been exceptional. And with a day like today and win like it is tonight, that type of ball placement, that type of ball security is is imperative to have, is imperative to have. When you have a route runner like Amari Cooper, who I thought put on a clinic, Bernie, against the Jets, he had the nine catches, 101 yards, and the touchdown, and you're playing a team like the Steelers that likes to play a lot of man one. When you have a guy that can always beat man coverage, what does that do for you as a quarterback, and what does that force the Steelers to do with their coverage? Yeah, to go to get nine catches for 101 yards is absolutely impressive. Even more impressive was that he got the nine catches um, on nine targets. So the efficiency and timing between Amari Cooper and Jacoby Brissett for for two weeks in the season is absolutely is impressive. With this type of thing, I really want to see some good man coverage because I think the way Amari Cooper is able to have a plethora of choices in his route running, his his attention to detail, at how he's able to get into the cornerbacks and able to get into their hips and able to really kind of have his way with them from the releases. I hope that plays into their defensive scheme tonight. I, I kind of like when, um, you know, we've talked about this on the show at length, when you have weather like this that, Sometimes the, the cornerbacks to play off and swat and look inside because it, the ball will float. The ball will have a tendency to not go where you throw today and, and float in the air with these type of with this type of weather. So to make sure to make sure you're really accurate and concise and precise with your throws. Bernie, you know, one of our favorites, your favorite fellow you guy, David Njoku off to a little bit of a, a slow start here. This would Boy, if ever there was a time to, to get him rolling, this feels like the type of game with these conditions. Um, how how can they get him going a little bit in the pass game? 
Well, I really love how our tight ends, and actually the Chief in particular, has been amazing in the run game. How Mm -hmm. we've been run blocking, and it's been a lost art within the league. And this isn't just a cover for him, but what we're doing in the running game, and we're going to talk about this tonight. You guys astutely nailed it in the first hour of the show of the undersized defensive ends for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Without their great T.J. Watt at the end man on the line of scrimmage, their their ability to stop the perimeter run has really been challenged. That's something that the Cleveland Browns, we've done exceptional through the first two weeks of the season. It was a very similar kind of game plan in my head to the Carolina Panthers in the first week where Carolina's defensive ends were undersized and we wanted to get some of that perimeter running, and we did it really well. The Steelers, very similar, I believe, tonight. Their undersized defensive ends. Um, is something that really lends itself to the off-tackle running game that we're doing so well on Chief and our tight ends have been exceptional on that. Um, I also like how last week's game against the Jets, that even though they were little plays, um, you could see how we, we incorporated the running game, we incorporated the tight ends, and we incorporated getting Jacoby Brissett comfortable with that first quarter drives. Those first, say, 15 scripted plays by... Uh, Coach Stefanski, you know, there's been a lot of talk about play calling. Is it good? Is it bad? Scheming and that. I thought it was exceptional how he got Jacoby Brissett, the tight ends, the offense, the running game implemented, started last week with the Jets. You saw a lot of personnel groups, motions and shifts to get Harrison Bryant a couple cheap little flat routes early in the game. You saw the tight end screen to, to Chief to get him going. So there's a couple little plays within there that, that yeah, they're not big down-the-field type plays that I think we laid the groundwork for them the first two weeks. And in week three tonight would absolutely, I think, be an evolution of the offense. And, and Bo, exactly the next step you want to make. I'm not sure the weather is going and the wind is going to allow us to be incredibly aggressive down the field. And that may play into a, a positive from our Browns perspective because and I like Mitchell Trubisky from Mentor High School, but the Pittsburgh Steelers have been incredibly conservative, and they're down the field throwing in their first two games, and they have they have some weapons at their receiver standpoint. So I would bet that there's probably a concerted effort from Mitchell Trubisky and the Steelers to be a little more aggressive down the field. And bluntly, He's probably playing for his career, his, his Pittsburgh Steelers career starting job with them having a mini bye week after this game. So they, I, if I was a young, if I was in that type position quarterback, I'd be probably looking and anticipating my game planning to be more aggressive down the field for sure. And when you wake up this morning in Cleveland, Ohio, and you see this disaster weather on the lake, that, that immediately it deflates the your balloon right there. So right now they're they're probably trying to figure out what's the type of plays that that fit fit for them also too. They have as equally as bigger a bigger issue because their offensive line isn't blocking like a Coach Callahan Cleveland Browns offensive line has been blocking. All right, Bernie. Like so, we're here in Berea, and there's like what is going on down there, man? Like is it play meteorologist for us right now? Is the wind whipping? Down? It's still here. Is it is it breezy down there on the lake? 
I think they're pushing Canada across Lake Erie. It's coming so hard from the north. Yeah. Oh, no. Toronto, Toronto is closer than you want it to be right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, for the, and, for, and for the people watching tonight or for the people down here that say, God, it's really not rainy. It's not really that rainy, if at, at all. That's not a problem. I, lo- I love rain and snow for games. It's When you start trending up in these 25-mile-an-hour winds right now in these gusts, and again, this afternoon, the 25-mile-an-hour ones are, are really tough within the stadium, especially the way we need the Phil Dawson uh, wind meter um, tonight. So hopefully by nighttime that'll slow down a little bit. But yeah, right now, right now oh, this no. is a good this is a good moment to be retired. <laughs> All right, so this is what it's what I've got tonight. Fifty four degrees. It'll feel like forty eight. Average wind out of the north, seventeen miles an hour. Maximum wind gusts up to thirty four miles an hour on the lake. Bernie just said Toronto's yeah, closer than you want it to be. Yeah, they're blowing. It's coming right from the north. He's had that right. Hey, and yeah. actually, you're going to see me. I'm going to try to seriously sneak into the stadium in the next hour or so because this is a rarity that it comes almost directly from the north. Almost, It's almost always from the southwest, the northwest, the east. So I'm, I'm really interested um, for the for myself and for the for the quarterbacks. I, I really recommend for the Browns quarterbacks. My old coaches used to have me go to each corner of the end zone each quarter of the stadium and throw grass up in the air and see what happens to it. It sounds kind of corny, but that's absolutely something that you need to do because what happens to our uh, on the field a lot of times is the opposite of what's happening on the flagpoles up in the stadium. So a lot of people look at the flagpoles and think that that's the way the wind's blowing, and actually it's a tip to tell you that it's probably doing something else interesting and that's that could be certainly a factor uh in this game Mitch Trubisky not the strongest arm in the league and the wind affects those who do not have the ability to throw it through the wind I want to go back to something that you mentioned earlier real quickly here with the tight ends with Njoku and Harrison Bryant who by the way is our number two receiver this year so far with 68 yards uh on the season when you look at this Steelers team, they play that 3-4. They usually have five guys on the line of scrimmage. It feels like a game where the Browns will want to keep them in base as much as possible with the two tight ends. What advantages does that give us on offense, and what are the challenges that that 3-4 presents with your two stand-up guys on the outside? Yeah, the 3-4, the 3-4 defense and the Steeler defense, and it's an impressive, historically fantastic defense the Steelers run, and it's and with T.J. Watt in there and the stout defensive end, that does cause an issue, especially in the run game and, and in the way they, they support their gap integrity to take away the run game. So as we were talking about a couple minutes ago in this segment, and as you guys astutely nailed in, in the first hour of the show, their edge perimeter running because they're so undersized at the defensive ends, typically in – Three or four defense teams, those outside guys have significant size to them. Uh, so this is a nice opportunity slash game planning thing to see the undersized defensive ends for them. So that that, that should present a, a beautiful opportunity for us to do something with that off-tackle run game that, 
we do naturally well anyways that plays into our, our plays into our strength. Bernie, I'll get you out of here on this one because really you are the perfect person to talk about this rivalry as someone who grew up in Youngstown. What is growing up when you did there, what was the pull one way or another? Where how was that town split? So at the, back in the uh, back in the seventies, it was probably a good fifty-fifty. Right now, uh, almost a tragedy. Last Sunday's Browns Jets game was blacked out in Youngstown, Ohio, because they put the Steelers Patriots game on. Wow! So now it's probably yeah, that's pretty sad to me. That was probably sixty forty now. Steelers fans. So I mean, I'm I'm saying this, and I'm actually getting elevated in my high blood pressure as we're yeah. talking here but my dad my dad seriously used to say i don't care if the browns lose every game as long as they win the two games against the browns you can go back then it was 14 games go two and 12 and it's a successful year if you beat the steelers i don't want to swear but backside let me say that god <laughs> bless it's you still too early to it's still too early to break into some bad bad language for the kids out there. I don't want to go to confession this weekend. Good, good, good idea, buddy. <laughs> hey, bud, it is so awesome having you on. It's great talking to you, brother. Thanks for your time today. Awesome. You matter. Go Browns today. Absolutely. The great Bernie Kozar joining us on the Twisted Tea Hotline. Our keys to the victory tonight. Your game day forecast. Give you a little teaser of that. It's all coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily on a game day. Pittsburgh here tonight on Thursday Night Football in a must, must win. For the boys in orange and brown. Do we have officially, do we know what look we're wearing tonight? Has that been officially known? Brown over orange, brother. Brown over Wait, orange. Come on, that's you just saw in. the video. That's, that's, I didn't know if that was officially locked This could in. work. This could work. At this Angry work. Browns fans has an unbelievable video. Right now, just the emotions of the last week for Browns fans, it's pretty stout. Here's the deal. Um, ain't nothing a win won't cure. And that's, that's the right. deal tonight. That's if, right. if you do that, you wake up on Friday morning, you got a win over Pittsburgh, you're two and one. Um, you'd be in first place in the AFC North, and away you go, heading into 10 days off to a little bit of a mini-buy, and then Atlanta uh, after that in a game that you would be favored in. So this can make a lot of what ills you right if you handle your business tonight against the Steeler team that you have, frankly, a lot of advantages. Over. You're better than they are. You are. We're better than yeah, they are. You are. And we got to handle our without business. T.J. Watt, and yeah, it, it definitely is that case. All yeah. right, time for keys to victory from the good Dr. Z. Well, I think when you lay out, as you just did, that we're the better football team. Actually, you did, but I just set it well, up for you to lay out. You agreed, so, you agreed with me on it, though. I concur. We are better. And so I said, just don't beat yourself. I don't care if we're talking about turnovers. I don't care if we're talking about special teams blunders. If we're talking about backbreaking penalties or blown coverages on defense. I don't care. If the Browns do their jobs, they will beat the Steelers. Pittsburgh is awful on offense without T.J. Watt in lineup. They're 0-5 all time. We could be 2-0. We're not. The reason is us. So let's not be the reason, as lovely Miss K gets ready for the game, that we lose this game. 
Miss K is is in a fantastic fall attire. It is first jeans of the year. She first said. jeans of the year. I yeah. held off today. I'm in shorts. Me too. I'm not ready for it. I yet. went shorts and a hoodie. Shorts and a hoodie still a great. I'm I, shorts I can quarter zip. I'm yeah. the same. Well, and you're in a. I mean, that looks like. It's a fine quarter zip, but that's. I mean, this is really my. Sweet is this spot. is this the Nance collection? That's right. Yeah, a nice brown that tweed. Looks like, uh, yeah, like almost a merino wool or a cashmere. It's real soft. It's real Whatever soft. Whatever it is, it's a yeah. fine fabric. If I was a human of consequence in the organization, this would probably be my get my game day quarter zip. Yeah. Like if I had to be there, that's what it, this would probably you be. You are a look. human of consequence. Eh. I, Back to your keys. To me. Thank you, brother. Run the ball. Browns averaging 200.5 yards rushing per game, which is most in the NFL. And the Browns have been generating 5.1 yards per carry. As I talked about earlier, um, this is a team that – struggles without tj watt to stop the run to the outside i think we can do that i love this stat they're currently there are only seven players in the nfl total with 100 or more rushing yards and two or more total touchdowns two of them play for the cleveland browns cream hunt and nick chubb that's, that's right that's a wild stat so do that gash them also the browns hit 180 yards on the ground tonight uh it will be the first time with four straight games of 180 plus since the days of jim brown back in 1957 and then finally Tight coverage, pressure to Brisky. That's what Bernie was talking about. The ball is going to come out quick. 33 of his 43 completions have come within nine yards of the line of scrimmage this year. That's a crazy stat to me. Play tight. Hopefully we can get our hands on the ball. Wouldn't it be nice, as, as you said earlier, to see a pick six go the other way? Sure. It, we're, it, due. It would be. we're due. We are due. Come, come on. on. Hop a route. Let's go. Let's go and then get after the quarterback. Put pressure on him. He struggles under pressure. We do that. We're, we're going to win this game. We're going to win this game. So – when we had uh, when we had the great Bernie Kozar on, he was he gave us his own forecast, and it made it seem pretty brutal down there from a wind standpoint. He said Toronto, that was a great line. Toronto's far, much closer than anybody wants it. Yeah. Uh, today though, part tonight rather partly cloudy, ten to twenty mile an hour winds. You mentioned gusts into the thirties. Um, Gibby has temps in the low sixties, high fifties. That's not what what we're I think we're lower than that. A little bit colder than that. A little brisker than that down there. Um, and then the swirl of the wind down there will be a key factor in all of this. Um, you know what? They honestly should. The, the, our weather app of choice. It's elite. It even it really notes is. in the weather app, it says there might be inter, a, a shower or two briefly during the football game, it says. Yeah. I wanted to get the official. I mean, we got a beach hazard statement. Let's go for an hourly. Yeah. It's so detailed. It's incredible. It's really so wild. Rain, it's like you're there really is um all right so it is showing that the you know the official app does show a real feel or did you get first energy stadium to come up on yours of course i did okay so i was i'm still getting a cleveland okay so i need a first energy stadium yeah what i need how did you do that did you get a pin I, I, I just put in i googled first energy stadium and then that when i typed that in that's what it gave me you can do the the address too oh that would probably do it yeah but it's a it's a it's a delight. It's a delight. The app's a delight. But the, I mean, it's going to be bad. But it's not. This isn't going to be like. No, we've had worse. This is like kindergarten. This child's if Gerard, play compared if to Gerard what I comes did. up to you tonight and he's like, he's like, man, this is brutal. You don't have any idea what it's like down here. At uh, that point, <laughs> well, he wouldn't say the last part, but he might say it's brutal. I'd be like, dude, this is nothing. If that happens, I want you to use a line from one of my favorite movies, Smokey and the Bandit, in which Buford T. Dust just says, 
that's baby blank alongside of what this dude's doing. That's so right. I want you to say that's yeah. baby stuff alongside that's of what baby this stuff. dude has done. Yeah. That's how I want that. I had the three-game stretch that I had that in was two years ago, right? 2020 was as bad as ever. And I'll tell you what, the other sneaky, sneaky bad one was in New England in 2019 when it was cold. It was like high 30s, and it rained the entire game. Rain is really rain and a wind are the enemy. Rain. That's the enemy of the all enemy fun of, of joy. Of joy and comfort. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Wouldn't it be better to be going down there today and just walking indoors and have it be 71, 67 degrees? It'd be great. Everything just. Why not? Climate control. Why can't it be that way? I mean, it's September, kids. Yeah. September 22nd. Happy birthday to the blonde. Happy birthday to her today, by the way. Oh, today's the day. Today's the official day. We celebrated over the weekend yeah. because you can't in the middle. Well, of happy the birthday. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So she's done a good job. We're all very proud That's of her. That's right. Yeah. Um, oh, all right. Your, da- your dad coming in like it's a birthday a gift. Birthday gift. <laughs> look, a who, gift. Look at this. What a gift. Well, he's good for some compliments. So he's nice. good for compliments and demanding yeah. of cans of beer and yeah. these type of things on requests. So. How does he say, like, does he say cold beer? How does he say that? No, he's not from the South. He doesn't give you a cold beer. Actually, I'd I'd like a cold beer. He usually just goes and gets – he's a big yeah. help-yourself guy. He's a, Oh, sure, 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 sure. Make yourself at home. That lot of that. Yeah. Buying or selling home with Howard Hanna Real Estate Services, always a winning strategy. If you plan to make a move this season, they're going to be having you covered at Howard Hanna. Every day is game day. Visit howardhanna.com slash go Browns today. Inching closer to that kickoff tonight, you listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. The OBM, the official partner of the Cle- yeah, that was on the air of the Cleveland Browns. Well, you yes. depend on you. You can always depend on OBM yeah. because we can tackle inside any size office. Call 216-485-2000 or visit OhioBusinessMachines.com. I like that. Set the tone. Yeah. Look, you, I'm just ready for the game. I know. Like what? Do you see? Um, it was brought to our attention that I'm on his own uh, feed. Deshaun working out looks great in the all orange, spinning it. Yeah, it appears Beautiful. to be at a local high school. I can't tell what it is. It is the grayness that's indicative of a. Yeah, of a I mean, it's clearly here today. It feels like it yep. looks like that somewhere around here. And I just was. Can you imagine being uh, like some kid at high school, and then you look out and it would be awesome. Be like, in, in oh man, Jersey Dude, I would Jersey. be like, yo, do you need? To, I'll run routes for you. It's done. Wait, you need a catch? What do you need? Have a catch. All right, we have some over/under props for tonight. Um, I'm going to give you the prop, and you try to guess. God bless you. You try to guess the uh, the number we're looking for. Okay. All right. Okay. Yep. Like. All right. Up first, yep. Jacoby Brissett's passing yards. What is your guess on what the number should be? Jacoby Brissett passing yards. They're giving up 275.5 per game, third most in the NFL right now are the Steelers, believe it or not. Yep. Burrow had a lot. He had 340 or something on him. Jacoby on the season averaging just about 190 yards a game. 215.5. 182.5. Low. Over. Low. Yeah. That's really low. So maybe they got the Bernie. Maybe they were listening to the Bernie weather report. <laughs> it's a blizzard. Nobody can see out here. That's a very low number. Yeah. I was surprised by that because I, you know, I think there's going to be some opportunity there. All right. Here's the next one. 
This is Mitchell Trubisky, the pride of Menor, one of the great high school quarterbacks in the history of this state, all around good dude, everything I've ever yeah. heard. Um, passing completions for Mitch Trubisky tonight. Completions. Over under 19.5. Real good. Good job out of you. 20.5. Okay. So you're right near. Okay. Um, I would think over on that. Yeah, I think that feels about right. Like last week against New England, for example, he was 22 of 33 in that game. Um, so this feel, and that was a 17-14 game, this has a similar feel to it, I think. So that wouldn't surprise me. By the way, Mac Jones was 21 of 35 for 252 against them last week. Mm -hmm. we're, we're 70 yards below that? Yeah, it's just – That's wild. That Yeah. I mean, listen. I don't, here's what I said. I don't think a lot of people watched our game against the Jets. Well, they saw the end. Right. But, I mean, in terms of watching the game sure. and seeing the way Jacoby Brissett played. Yeah. And I, I I, keep talking about it. He just – he didn't miss anything big. Like, no. You went through it and, and you did the, the Madden Maddenization of it all. And, and maybe Madden had it figured out all along. Like, all of the throws were on the money out of 20 – what do you have, 27? Quick aside, you got to get your boys so they've come out with in uh, in Madden a new right. series. It's called AKA. So it's like guys who had great nicknames. And so the first six of them were Beast Mode, Fitzmagic, okay. Night Train, uh, Minister of Defense, Iron Mike Ditka. And there's one other one that prime I'm time, thinking. Isn't it? He's, he'll, I'm sure he'll be a part of it eventually. Yeah. He'll be like when the numbers go higher and higher. But they have the Fitzmagic. He's he's happens to be a very nice card, but he's in his like the one where he's in the post game with the jacket open, no isn't shirt. That, isn't that Deshaun Jackson's yes clothes? Yes. And he put on his clothes. Yes, for the post game. It's unreal. It's amazing. It's amazing. Best uh, best nickname in NFL history. Maybe not the best. What's your favorite? I mean, the ones that pop into my mind when you ask that out loud. I do love Beast Mode. Yeah, I like. Um, Billy White Shoes Johnson is an all-time from our youth. Yep. Um, I mean, Minister of Defense is pretty good. Pretty good. For Reggie yep. White. I I don't know how you can beat Dick Night Train Lane. Night Train's pretty good. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I don't even really get it. I don't either. <laughs> I, but do I like it. Do you need to? I like it. I don't know that you need to. Primetime's Prime's pretty, pretty good. good. And then the fact that Dion came up with Primetime – in his dorm room at Florida State to in an effort to market defensive backs and then referred to himself as Prime. Yeah. He's Coach Prime. He's Coach now. Prime now. The fact that he referred to himself that way. There was a Sports Illustrated cover leading up to that draft that had it Neon Dion. Yeah, Neon and Dion. And he was really pissed off about it. He wanted he was really upset with it and wouldn't talk to SI for a while because of it. I did not know that. Yeah. That's a good he little fact. He was not. Michael Irvin's the playmakers. Playmaker's not that great. He, yeah, playmaker's pretty yeah. I mean, sweetness. Playmaker and prime sweetness, sweetness is so strong. Sweetness. So good. Yeah. So so good. All right. Amari Cooper, we're looking for receptions. Receptions tonight against Pittsburgh for I Amari think a good over under for him is five and a half. Close. Four point five. Okay. 4.5. And you mentioned Deontay Johnson is five for 100 14 games. 14 straight games. Felt like 1,000 games in a row. Yeah. Pretty, pretty incredible yeah. that he's had at least five in all of those. Uh, all right. The next one is receiving yards for the Chief. By the way, were we over or under Cooper's 4.5 receptions? I'd be over. Yeah, me too. I think five is a great number. He's going to have, I think he's going to have five catches at least in this game. Yeah. Um, Chiefs receiving yards over yeah. under. 
25.5. I initially was at 27.5. Dang it. I think he'll do well. I think he could get – I think tonight's a night for him a little bit. I think I'd like to see it. I'd, I'd like to – I'd like to – he's worthy and quite capable. So I'd like to see him get those opportunities that he is not currently getting is what I'd like. I like how uh, Bernie pointed out his ability in the, in the run game and blocking and all of the stuff that he's done there. That's absolutely awesome on, on his side of things. And he's been a big part of that. And obviously you're going to run it a lot tonight. Um, but I do think that you could get him going a little bit. The one thing you have to be wary of, and I think obviously we will be, is just make a Fitzpatrick is playing at an incredible level right now. So the Steelers week one, six catches, 48 yards to the tight end position to the Bengals. Week two against Hunter Henry, uh, nary, a single, nary a single catch for the tight ends of the New England Patriots, and they threw for 250. Now their wide receivers uh, in that game both did well. Aguilar had six for 110 and a touchdown. Jacoby Myers nine for 95. Something to keep an eye on there. Okay. All right. All right. Finally, Cade York field goals. I'm guessing this is field goals made. Made? It's got to be one and a half. Three. The over-under is three? Yeah. It's interesting how they think this game's going to go. It feels like they think it's going to be 13-10. Yeah. Or maybe, I guess, 15-10 or something like that would be probably – you know, a four three. three. Like you that's could only win number. that if he makes four field goals, which is possible, certainly. But that is that's a high an number, absolutely wild number. Yeah. What did you make of him missing that extra point? I'd never seen him do that. He just pushed it a little bit. Just did. So is it? So I saw somebody saying that there was an, a rush that came to the right that maybe forced him to go faster from the yeah. left, rather his yeah. left. Yeah. Yeah, it did. But I mean, I, that's one that you would expect him to make. They don't see that. If you ask him, he would say that you don't even see those guys so uh yeah a bummer obviously given that it was one of the cavalcade of things that happened that definitely cost us in that one but it happens right there here's the uh here's uh, something i just came across on twitter that i find fascinating so we talk all the time about the great receiving core of lsu that had yeah. all those studs ohio state's had them right mm-hmm. those teams were both teams of consequence given the studs that they had. Yeah. Those USC are... had, at one point, Pittman, Drake London, and Amon Ross St. Brown together. Yes, they did. And they stunk. They did stink. How? Well, I mean, that's the Clay Helton era. So the quarterbacks at that time, I mean, and a lot of those quarterbacks were, it was JT Daniels, Keaton Slovis, like a lot of those kids. Um, one of those, I think Slovis is at Pitt now, and Daniels at West Virginia. Daniels was at Georgia. I mean, they just... They had these quarterbacks that were big time recruits that didn't turn into anything. Yeah, and it just was with three three dudes, NFL receivers, three NFL like, receivers. Pretty well, good and I think that's. I mean, as a quick aside from a college football perspective, that's why part of the reason Lincoln Riley's been able to flip it so quickly at USC. They obviously get the kid from Pitt to come out there and transfer. That helps. He gets his quarterback from uh, in Caleb Williams yep. from Oklahoma. Yep. All of those things help. But they've always recruited okay. You know, even as they've struggled the last decade, there's a ton of talent in Southern California, and they're still it's still a destination. I mean, I I picked them to make the playoff this year in part yeah. because of that. They've always had they've always had dudes, and and so that that's just a part of it. But it is stupefying because usually, if you have that type of talent, you're dynamic offensively, and they were never dynamic offensively. Yeah, like under Clay dynamic. Home. Yeah, never, not at not at any point. So, all right, still actually so much more to come. Our final keys to victory for the Browns. We'll get you your score. 
It is a Browns-Steelers Thursday night here in the city. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Rumpke Waste Recycling, family owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer, as an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more. Fish texting me with uh, the Galloping Ghost, Red Grange. Good job at the fish. Okay. The Nigerian Nightmare. Got a Very about him. strong. Christian Okoye. Yeah. God, that's, that's a good, good. one. That's, really, that's good. A really good one. That's really good. He was such a beast. It, yeah, the, this it was crazy. And then when they were with when he went away, it, then it was Barry, Barry Ward. Ward. So they had two of them. It was also a big dude. Big big dudes. And I think also like that era, the shoulder pads were so huge. Yeah, with the big neck things and oh, all yeah. of that, that oh, you yeah. even see bigger uh, than you were. Look, there's no hyperbole to this. It's a must-win game. It's a get-a-win by any measure type any means of game. Necessary. We are a better team than them. Yeah. We're more talented than them. Yeah. Uh, our operation is better than them. Uh, it's about going out and doing it on a Thursday night, getting to two and one, being atop the AFC North, heading into week four. It's as simple as that, heading into a mini-buy. All that ails you can be remedied tonight. It's all there for you. It's all there, and now it's just about the doing. And we've been talking about it for a while, and this would have been a completely different week yeah. had we figured out a way to just get the job done. Not really figured out a just way, finish. because we had, we had it done uh, against the Jets, and now this is a game of great importance. And it would have been, even if you were 2-0, yeah. it would have been a game of great importance for you, because if you're 3-1 and this first quarter, you just didn't want the one to beat a Pittsburgh, because it's a division game. So yeah. take care of this. Want to know in the division. Worst case scenarios, you're tied for first in the division. You've got a game lead on the Steelers and potentially a you know a game lead on, if not more, on the Bengals. So it's a good place to be in. Go out there, take care of business, set the tone this week, and keep yourself right there at the top of this division before you head down to Atlanta. Gibbe with the following report from down on the lake. Light rain, wind, and cold. Nasty. Nasty, says Gibbe. Nasty down yeah. there. It's a Nick Chubb game. It's a Kareem Hunt game. It's, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I like what Bernie was saying. I was asking about the Youngstown connection and uh, the old AFC North and the you think about the black and blue and who's tougher and all of that. Oddly enough, and we're not necessarily going to be this long-term. When Deshaun Watson comes back, we're going to be a very dynamic team. And we still have the ability to do that here. But when him when he comes back, it's on another level. These two teams, this this feels like, are we tougher? You tougher? We. Who? You, me? Yep. Me, you, who's tougher? That's it. That's it. That's it. And, Can and you listen, be physical? We should be able to be physical. You know, it looks like Jack Conklin back at right tackle for the Browns, so you've got your line the way that you wanted it, with the exception, obviously, of Ethan Posick in at center. But he's done a very good job. Yes, he has. So he's been just fine. So you've got your line, you got your tight ends, and you're going against a defense that's missing its megastar. I mean, I don't know how many defensive players there are, and Miles is probably on that short list. You said five, and I think that's probably right if we went through, but that are worth five points a game two sacks a game and 50 might, yards might a game three yeah it might just be miles those wad and, and donald. donald and that's it i mean it, he is incredibly impactful for them he is out we've got to take advantage of that yep bottom line yep let's get it done it's that let's go bring a little juice kids bring a little juice on a thursday night make that place tough make it hard on mitchell trubisky more the elements all of the things are stacking uh, it's about just a simple matter of going out and handling your business on a Thursday night. Uh, and once that happens, we'll be back here tomorrow for a Victory Friday edition of the program. Knock Let's on go. The plexiglass. Let's go. It is as simple as that. Good luck on the call. Not that you need it. Thanks, brother. Uh, good luck to Gerard. Yeah.
out there in the elements. Out to hope he's surviving, thriving, and surviving. There's a little bit of Schadenfreude for you. Yeah, right? that's right. Just a touch. You were out there a long time in the in the mix. This is nothing. This would have been Baby nothing, stuff. though. This would have been nothing. This would have not altered nothing. my like outfit really. This would have been nothing. Yeah, you're good. It's gonna be a fun maybe one. Maybe an overcoat. Like maybe. Yeah, I like it. We're talking like, dude. I've been out there when it was has been like in the teens. That's right. <laughs> you have. You have. For years. For, for years. Seriously. That's right. Come on. It's the beginning of – it's September still. Like, the nastiest game I ever did in September, in my recollection, was the week one where we tied the Steelers in, like, a monsoon. Monsoon. Yeah. It was disgusting. That was. That was 19? No, no, no. Yeah. It was 18. Seven, it was 18? Tyrod started it that game. It was 18. 18. Yeah. I was at that game. Then we, then we went to New Orleans and should have won that game and did yeah. not. And then, and then away we went. Then we went to uh, Baker. That's the way it went. All right. Enjoy your game tonight. Let's get a win for the Brownies. We're back tomorrow to break it all down. The next level's coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.